When we sit around the Thanksgiving table and talk about things thankful for, it can be easy to talk about all the obvious blessings from God, the good stuff. It's not so easy to talk about the trials of life, but why? Shouldn't we be thankful for all of it? In a letter to a friend, C.S. Lewis once wrote, we ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it is good. If bad, because it works in us patience, humility, contempt of this world, and the hope of our eternal country. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, and happy Thanksgiving. Here in Chicago, Thanksgiving is that time of year when the snow is drifting from the sky. The weather turns bitter, and the tables are set for, well, awkward dinner conversations. In those moments, it can be hard to summon the feelings of gratitude that we ought to have, but what does it mean to be thankful, even rejoice in tough times? That's what we're diving into in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for an exciting prize. But first, let's get to it, folks. Our special Thanksgiving classic. Today, we turn from our usual practice of dramatizing stories of real people and instead share a work of fiction that has been a listener favorite. For those outside of the United States, our observance of Thanksgiving is a custom that originated with settlers who first came from Europe and settled in North America. In many respects, it's a harvest festival coming in November when the farmers' work in the fields over much of the country has finished. But the holiday does more than mark the season. It's been declared a time for giving thanks to God for the many blessings He has brought us during the year. And this season of Thanksgiving, we hope you deeply review your own attitude toward true thankfulness, as the characters in our story will. And four and five makes ten. Here's your package, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Here's your ice water, sir. Thank you. And this is for you. Oh, sir, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my fellow citizens. You've done me a great honor by electing me to fill this high office in your fair state. And I thank you. Yes, yes, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> John! Babe! That's some dress! You like it? I do! Aw, thank you. Hey. Can you spare a little change, mister? Oh, thank you. Thank you ever so much. Okay, now, fold your hands, son. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you for this food and for the hands that prepared it. Bless it to nourish our bodies and accept our thanks for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us. Amen. Accept our thanks for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us. Amen. Oh, I'm thankful, all right. Hard to see how it's possible, but I reckon my life could be a lot worse. Thank you for Mommy and Daddy and for our house 
and thank you for everything. Amen. Accept our thanks for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us. Amen. Thank you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for this food and the hands that prepared it. Thank you for everything. Amen. What does it really mean to be thankful? How many of us have thought deeply about being thankful? Now, some of us mutter a thanks over our food before we eat it. Many of us pray some kind of prayer before we go to sleep at night. But how many of us really want to say thank you? We say the words, but don't we usually thank God more to be polite after we've prayed something like this? God, help me get this deal over with the marketing company. You know I've got to get the payment together for the new entertainment room we put in downstairs. And if I take money out of the household budget to pay for my new golf clubs, Beth will raise Cain. So, Lord, help me get this deal. Thank you for all your blessings. Amen. What does it really mean to be thankful? According to Webster's Dictionary, thankful means, one, conscious of benefit received, two, expressive of thanks, and three, well pleased. Expressive of thanks. Well, what does that mean? We ask you to dig into this whole phenomena of thanksgiving and thankfulness with us because we firmly believe that most people give thanks because they think it's expected of them. And because voices on the radio, TV, and internet begin around the last week of November to nudge them about giving thanks to God. And truly, we should give thanks to God, but we believe He is the kind of God who can so transform a man or woman that they give thanks even in the midst of hardship because they see the Lord meeting their needs within it. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice! Well, I believe in God. I go to church. I'm a Christian. But I just can't rejoice when everything's going wrong in my life. Yeah, who can? With things the way they are in this world, who can shout about it? Rejoice my foot! Be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Well, I don't mean to say I'm not thankful to God. I, I am. I am thankful. But if I could just sit down and tell you about what I have to put up with, living with my son and daughter-in-law and trying to keep up with my church work, along with helping the grandkids... Yeah, I know what you mean, ma'am. One deal after another has been falling through for me. I'm in the brokerage business, and with three kids to feed and clothe and educate and entertain, plus a wife who changes the house furnishings every time a season changes, I... Pretty rough, huh? Well, it wouldn't be so bad, I guess, but looks like my arthritis is flaring up worse every time a rain comes. I don't know. I try to be cheerful, and I am grateful to God, but... But a guy gets to the place where he thinks he's gonna fly into a million pieces. Oh, competition is steep in my field. I... I know, I know. It's rough all over. Yeah. 
Of course, what really drives me nuts is my doc saying I got high blood pressure now, too. Says I need to take it easy for my family's sake, of course. Oh, looks like when a person's body begins to wear out, everything else looks black, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if I felt the way I used to feel, when I could take the grind, but... I know, I know. <sighs> there used to be times when I'd read that verse of scripture about rejoicing, and it made me feel pretty good. But now, I don't know. You know how things go. You know how it is. Yes, I do. I certainly do. Uh, to go back to what we were saying a moment ago, we still contend that God is the kind of God who can so transform a man that he gives thanks, even in the midst of tragedy, because he just can't help doing it. And just so you will have something definitive around which to think as we bring you, through story, proof of this kind of rejoicing in the midst of, listen carefully and remember this one thought. If we would know real rejoicing, real thanksgiving, no matter what life hands us or takes from us, we must launch out on the reckless belief that the redemption of Jesus Christ is complete by leaving ourselves and beloved symptoms resolutely alone. But we can spoil everything God longs to give us if we hide from him behind hedges of self-pity, worry, fear, and resentment. Okay, I'll go along. What was that line you wanted us to remember again? Yes, looks like my memory's getting bad too. That we must launch out on the reckless belief that the redemption of Jesus Christ is complete and then rejoice as we leave ourselves and our beloved symptoms resolutely alone. Hmm. Step forth recklessly on the belief that the redemption of Jesus Christ is complete and then leave ourselves alone. Resolutely alone. Okay. Sounds pretty tough, but I got it. I just hope I can remember it. You say you've got some proof stories to tell now? I'm just real partial to stories. Seems like they make me forget my own complicated, uh, knotty life. Well, the knots in your life can be untied, ma'am. If you'll follow through and do your part. Well... No matter in what tragic, heartbreaking, nerve-wracking state we find ourselves at this minute, we can all come forth with the hilarity of the Apostle Paul as he sat in heavy chains in a dark, rank-smelling, rat-infested prison and wrote, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Why? Because to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so I say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice everywhere and in all things. If that makes no sense whatsoever to you, listen. Out of Korea comes this amazing true story of one great and thankful heart when rejoicing would seem impossible. Two brothers, aged 18 and 24, were dragged before a then illegal people's court in Korea to be tried by fanatic young communist student rebels because these two brothers were Christians. Their father was a minister. Through him, 
The two boys knew Jesus Christ personally. And as the elder brother stood facing his accusers, his voice rang with the certainty of the one in whom he rejoiced, even in the face of death. All right, the second prisoner will step forward. I wished you had shot me instead of my brother. He could have cared for my parents better than I- Silence! Now, do you plead guilty to the charge of being a Christian? No, sir. I do not plead guilty. I rejoice in the knowledge that my Savior Jesus Christ can touch your heart as he has touched mine and make you whole. Do you plead guilty? No, my friend. I plead with you to allow Jesus Christ to change you. He will forgive you for what you did to my brother. Put on the blindfold. He is guilty. Guilty. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Ready? Aim. Fire. When the boy's father, the Christian minister, heard that his boys had been killed and the rebel leaders apprehended, he walked the 45 miles from his home to go before the court and said, I have come to ask a great favor of you, Captain. Please, the names of my son's accusers. Your sons were accused by a group of students. They will be prosecuted. Could I please learn the identity of the rebel leader among the students? I want very much to meet this boy. Why do you want to meet him? My wife and I want to adopt him as our own son. The boy who killed both of your own? We don't want him prosecuted. We are so thankful for this chance to show the boy the real love of Christ for whom my boys died rejoicing. The minister and his wife adopted the fanatic young rebel student who had murdered their two boys. And the student's communist parents, so moved by this display of love, asked that the minister's daughter be allowed to come and live with them, to show them and their daughter the way of Christ. The communist daughter turned from her communist ways and became a Christian missionary. And the once fanatical young student who murdered the minister's sons not only became a Christian, but led over 300 communist Koreans into a personal walk with his savior, Jesus Christ. And this is not the end of the story, because as soon as the communists overran the country, the minister was thrown into prison. There, he continued to talk about his Lord, to lead other prisoners into a saving knowledge of Christ. And most of all, his thankful heart caused him to sing hour after hour in his cell the hymns he had learned from his American missionary friends. Take the name of Jesus with you child of sorrow and of woe from time to time as the half-starved man continued to sing quietly and peacefully a high-strung hard-lipped communist guard would shout at him and strike him through the bars of his cell shut up i i can see no harm in an old man singing when his heart is full of joy my friend it hurts my ears but your heart may be melted one day and you too will know why i can sing in a prison cell you see, I am not alone here. I... Stop! Before you... Before I what, my friend? Before you mention his name. Jesus? Silence! I hate the name of Jesus. I know you do, son. But he can change you. He can transform you so that... Silence! If you must do something, sing. But don't speak. 
So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I raise Stop down. singing! Folks, we'll get back to our story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we are able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there is one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check to Unshackled and mail it to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to our special Thanksgiving classic. In an effort to break the old man's spirit of rejoicing in the midst of, the frenzied guard shot the minister sideways through the lips. And the old wounded man, unable to eat his meager rations, handed them out lovingly to other prisoners. Here, my friends, eat this in the name of Jesus Christ and grow strong to serve him and our country. And when he could no longer form the words of his songs about Jesus because of his wounded mouth, he hummed the melodies. Stop singing! Don't shoot him! Let him sing! We need his singing! No! In order to quiet the minister's radiant spirit and still his rejoicing heart, the communist guard shot him in cold blood. Quiet his spirit? How about it? Was it quieted? Has his rejoicing heart been struck dumb? Listen to your own heart as it responds to the impact of the love of Christ upon hundreds of thousands of lives which have been touched during these few pulsing minutes as we have told you this story. Listen to your heart respond now to these words. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Are you still in a dark corner trying to thank God for something you really dislike Him for? Are you rebelling inwardly at us for saying it is possible for the true follower of Jesus Christ to rejoice and give thanks in the midst of tragedy? Are you at this very moment chewing the bitterness out of deep resentment you hold against life because it has dealt you a low blow? Are you compelled to learn more 
after hearing that Jesus has the power to transform bitter hearts to ones filled with gratitude. Jesus Christ bids us to make heaven out of our hells and then does it through us when we let him. If you still doubt, listen. A young missionary named Robert Johnson lived and labored for Christ in the south of India and along with some other duties, one spring had to tear down a leper's house. He tore it down, finished his other work, and left happily for America for his first furlough in five long years. But while he was at home in America, he developed leprosy. No, no, I won't accept this. No, God, how can I serve you with leprosy? How can I? Mary Lane, if I cannot marry her, I cannot marry my love. Oh God, why, why? Why do you have to let this happen to me? Robert Johnson's faith righted itself, however, after the first shock of realizing that in the prime of his life, he was to become an untouchable, a social outcast for the remainder of his life on earth. He said goodbye to the girl he was to marry and went to dwell alone with Christ. After a few years, an old friend from his mission field in India sat visiting with him at a safe distance. And in his voice was a fathomless pity for Robert Johnson, the leper. Save your pity, John. I don't need it. I honestly don't think you do, Bob, but how have you managed to reach this peace? Well, my friend, I grasped hold of a spiritual counterpart of a gadget called the All-Weather Sextant. I uh, never heard of it. It's a navigational invention by which the sun can be seen by the mariner, no matter what clouds or mists may hide it. I simply took my spiritual All-Weather Sextant and saw God's face through the clouds. <laughs> John, I'm not kidding you. This is real. I've never known joy like this before. The walls of this old shack of mine are radiant with the love of Christ. I'm truly thankful for all of it. God did not heal Robert Johnson of his leprosy, but he did something better. He healed others through him, healed them at the place where we most need healing, in our spirits. Hundreds of men and women learned how to live the thankful, victorious life in Christ in the midst of through Robert Johnson's rejoicing heart. Now, does this seem like madness to you? It isn't. It embodies the complete sanity of Jesus Christ. This kind of pure rejoicing is what God intended for us all. Prayers of real thanksgiving will take us out of our dark corners of self-pity and fear and will open up stairways to the sunlight of the freedom and joy Christ died to give us. Just words? No, just facts. Everyday occurrences in the lives of the completely surrendered followers of Jesus Christ. For this life in Christ is not a will to live with a set jaw and a clenched fist and a strained soul. It is a life of joyous rest made possible only when we meet the conditions set down for us by Jesus himself. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me.
At the beginning of this broadcast, we asked you to keep this thought in mind as you listen. We must launch out on the reckless belief that the redemption of Jesus Christ is complete and leave ourselves and our beloved symptoms resolutely alone. Can you do that, listening friend? Will you give it a try? That pain of bitterness or resentment or hatred lying curled up in the dark corner of your heart is like an unattached violin string curled in the pocket of a fiddler case. It can make no music. The violin can make no music without it. But put the unattached string in place and stretch it up to key. Sweep it with a Heifetz bow and it sings. Jesus Christ stretched his life upon the cross and swept it up with his love so that your very bitterness may be turned to joy if you will repent, turn from your old ways, come out of your dark, resentful corner and follow Jesus Christ. Then and only then can we possibly catch the divine hilarity in the glowing soul of the Apostle Paul as he sat in heavy chains in that prison dungeon and exclaimed, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Listening friend, all of us at Unshackled, along with the executive board and entire staff of the Pacific Garden Mission, wish you a joyful Thanksgiving time. And if you'd like, you may thank God in a concrete way by sending a love offering to Pacific Garden Mission to help toward providing a big Thanksgiving dinner with all the trimmings to the homeless men, women, and children of Chicago's streets. No matter how small your love offering for this wonderful service, go ahead and send it your day will be joyful for having done it. The only address you need is Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions, and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org. Or... You can leave us a message at 312-281-1264. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for the sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, and 6, which reads, The day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do but let us watch and be sober. This plaque is beautiful, folks, and it would make a great everyday reminder of God's perfect promises. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. 
But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be December 2nd, and we will announce the winner on December 18th just in time to be a great Christmas gift. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Look at Rodney out there, sitting in that old oak tree. What's he doing? Oh, he's telling Bible stories to the neighborhood kids. At six years old? Mm. I'm proud to be his daddy. The man in this story came from a loving family that went to church, but that didn't save him from the ravages of the world. It's Rodney! Yeah, yeah. What took you so long? It's after midnight, man. I had to wait until everyone was asleep to sneak out the back. Hey, where's the booze? I gotta catch up. (laughs) Rodney Williams walked away from God right into the trap of alcohol and drugs. Oh, the coke's almost gone here. Let me finish it off. Oh, this is some of the best cocaine I've ever done. Hear the frightening story of where it led. Oh, my heart is beating so fast. I think I'm dying. Join us for the first part of the true testimony of Rodney Williams. Another dramatization coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in this special Thanksgiving classic were Angela Morris, Marcy Mencotti, Demetrius Troy, Dwight Sora, Kurt Nabig, Jeff Parker, and David Zarbach. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Jacob Wilcoxon. Audio engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Eugenia Price and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.